Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hit the bell notification so you're notified of any time I put new content on. Today's guest, well, you, you can see who it is already, uh, is Harry Redknapp. How, how you doing, H? How's things? Good, Russ, all good, thank you. Uh, thanks for doing this, absolute pleasure. Really, um, really, it's really nice to talk to you. Um, so the basic, the idea of the channel is we talk about talk about uh, memories really um usually sure. with fans but more and more with the players and so you know uh, for particularly for the newer the younger fans the, the less experienced fans um the idea is um to sort of find out a bit more about the the more the older players for example and obviously yeah. you know, people, a lot of people know you obviously the manager's role which we talk about but obviously you started as a you know 15 year old schoolboy it's in 1962 sure. How did, yeah, that, yeah. How, how did that start? Because obviously you were, you were, you were at Spurs schoolboys beforehand. Why, why move? Know, I was never at Spurs. People always say that. You know, I was, I used to try, what happened in them days? Yeah. Well, same as it does, you know, I had a choice of clubs really. Um, yeah. You know, at 11 years of age, I sort of was trained at Tottenham, Chelsea, having a look around. And once I went, to, I went to West Ham, and uh, Ron Greenwood was just. We used to go and watch. The, they used to invite the parents and the young and the kids to watch the youth team games. And it was Ron Greenwood was at every game. He was just amazing. He was at every youth game. He was so much so interested in the young players and the youth team. It was as that was almost as important to him as the first team. And that was we found that amazing. And uh, so yeah, when I left school, we we decided that West Ham was the best club for me to join. And so. Uh, I went there and I signed. I signed the same time as Colin Mackworth, the goalkeeper, who came from East London. And uh, Billy Kitchener, left back. Bill came from Bedfordshire. And we all signed at the same time, 15. And our first year at the club, uh, you know, with three 15-year-olds, we won the FA Youth Cup, which is yeah. incredible, really, when you think about it. We were yeah. only kids. We were 15, three of us. And we're suddenly, we're, you know, it's under 18 and a half competition. There's 19 year olds in it. Wow. And it's a strong, it was the competition. Everybody, the FA Youth Cup was the thing to win. Yeah. And to play in a, you know, play every game as we did, the three of us all at 15 years of age and win it. It was amazing, really. You know, it was, yeah. we had a great youth team. And yeah. uh, 
but that was a great time. You know, that, that first year playing in front of 15, 18, 25,000 people at Upton Park. The cup, the final was, we played Liverpool in the final. We went to Liverpool and got beat 3-1. Uh, the great Tommy Smith played for them. Uh, we came back home for the second leg, 3-1 down. It was cup final night. Uh, big crowd, Upton Park, lovely warm evening. Yeah. Place was buzzing. We were 2-1 down at half-time. So now we're 5-2 down on aggregate at half-time in the second leg. We came out second half, we scored four goals. It was one of the great games. It was an amazing night. Ron Greenwood was in tears and it was... Oh. He was so chuffed, you know. He, he even came to a youth game, you know, once when we played against Wolves, uh, rather than going with the first team. I mean, it was amazing. He had that much. He knew the future, you know. He always thought the future of the club is in the kids. And I took that on. When I became a manager, I, I, that was my philosophy. The kids were the most important thing. I never missed a youth game. Every Saturday morning, the first team were at home. I would go to Chabaleef, watch the first half of the South East County's game, watch 15 minutes of the second half, jump in my car. Frank Lampard Senior would do the same. We'd whiz to Upton Park, get there, get prepared for the first team game. But we never missed a youth game. When they, and every youth cup game, Southern Junior, Floodlight Cup, we travelled all over the country, went to Oldham, went to Everton, went everywhere yeah. to watch Liverpool. Uh, you know, we had when we we had a great youth team. Obviously, the, the team that uh, when I was a manager, incredible yeah. group of kids. Yeah, exactly. Six of them all wanted to play for England. Yeah, I know. Well, we've had to- we had we had a we had Tony Carr on a couple of days ago, um, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, that team was was incredible. And then obviously, once you obviously you know you. you you made your debut in 65, I think it was. You scored in the end of that season, 66, to get away to Tottenham. Um, and 66 was a, was a good year, wasn't it? Didn't, I think we won so. I think yeah, didn't yeah. Engl- England won. Yeah, yeah. I heard it mentioned like once or twice. Yeah. actually. <laughs> it was. It still brings a tear to my eye when I see Bobby going up to get the trophy. Yeah. What was it like? like obviously, because you were obviously in the first team and, and that, that sort of... That first training session when they were all back from the World Cup must have been like amazing, you know, like you know a weird what? thing. We never, they, they never had any side to them. They were never yeah. big time Charlies. Yeah. They were just, you know, incredible boys, you know, all three of them. And, uh, you know, three fantastic footballers. Uh, and England, you know, West Ham won the World Cup that day. You know, mm-hmm. three goals from Jeff, one from Martin, Bobby the captain. It was just a fantastic day for the football club, really. And wherever we went in the world on tour, you know, in them days, going to America was somewhere that no one had ever been. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly we're going on tour to America because we had the three boys in the team. You know, mm. we'd go to Germany and play pre-season games and get massive crowds because we had three World Cup winners in our team. Yeah. It was, uh, we were the team, really, that people abroad wanted to see, you know, because of the boys. Yeah, no, I get that exactly, and and obviously at that period, you know, obviously you played played 175 times across like a 10 year period. Obviously, you know, you left and came back in '92 as assistant manager. Um, how did that happen in terms of in terms of coming back? Because obviously, you know, you'd been away for you know from I don't know, for a while, and you came back in yeah, at '92. I, I was at I had 10 years at Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth I went into a championship for the first time in the city, in uh, in the club's history. Um, had a great time at, mm. uh, at Bournemouth, really. I just felt I'd run my time there, really. Yeah. You know, I'd been in 1990, I had a terrible car accident uh, yes. in Italy, lost my best pal, was the chief executive mm. of Bournemouth, Brian Tyler. And it was never the same for me after no. that. It was very difficult. You know, Brian 
he he was really he was so important to me as a young manager, and uh, to to have a, uh, a car accident when he lost his life, I, I just never felt the same. I came back, and uh, so yeah, when the opportunity came to go back to West Ham, um, you know, it was it was something I decided to do. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, then after that, obviously, you know, you took over in '94. Seven years, seven years, seven seasons in charge, or near enough. <laughs> that ain't bad now, is it? Nowadays, you don't get if you get three scenes out of a manager, you've done well. No relegations. Yeah. No it, relegations, which you know, seven years for West Ham manager. Let's be honest about it. Is uh, you know, everybody had had their share? I don't. Ron never got relegated, did he? Ron Greenwood? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. John, John was a, you know, John was fantastic, John Lyle, but John yeah. had had relegations, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and since then, obviously, I, you know, when I left, Glen Rhoda took over, they got relegated. Yeah. Um, and they've had, you know, had years of up and down, up and down, but it's still a fantastic football club. Yeah, no, exactly. And obviously, but that period, I mean, for me, Harry, that was the, you know, that your helm, so to speak, that seven years was, was I think, well, for me, for obviously a young, youngish we'll say experience, semi-experienced fan, um, was an amazing time. You know, obviously from, you know, from a, from a stats perspective, you know, we're, it's the highest ever Premier League finish for us. We won yeah. the Intertota Cup as well, first time yeah. qualified for Europe. That was a great day, you know, to go there and win that. Uh, but look at the players we had. I mean... That's what I mean, yeah. You know, we, we, we suddenly had these kids come out of the youth team and then you got the Canio coming, Freddie Canuti, you know, it was, uh, and if the club had kept the six boys, you know, all six of them went on to win everything there was to win almost. You know, I mean, a few of them won Champions League winners, you know. Yeah. Look at look at the quality of them. Frank Lampard, Rio yeah. Ferdinand, you know, Joe Cole, Michael Carrick, Jermaine Defoe, Glenn Johnson. Six incredible footballers, you know, every yeah. one of them in a proper England international with loads yeah. and loads of caps to their name. Uh, and if you'd have had that six and built around them, where could the club have gone? It would have been incredible. It would have been incredible. It would have been incredible. And as you said, you know, not on top of that, obviously you had the influx from, from the academy, but as you said, you had Paolo and, and we had some really good, and it was brilliant. You know, it was one of those times where I think, you know, f- fans like to be entertained, don't they? And it's like, yeah. I know West Ham say about the West Ham way, um, but it was that period of time where you turn up and you know what was going to happen. And I think yeah, that was, yeah. you know what I mean? You had like, was that oh, sort of... Players, yeah. players like Old Berkowitz. Old Berkowitz exactly. was an incredible footballer. Yeah. You know, you had big John Artson came with Paul Kitson and got the goals that first year, you know, that kept us up. You know, just good Trevor Sinclair, England International. You know, it was Slaven, Mark yeah. Reaper. You know, it was full of, full of real quality players. Julian Dix came back to the club, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was. Uh, yeah, it was an amazing Steve Lomas, full of full of quality players, really, you know, and also characters as well, which I think we miss in the game. You know, sort of every one of them you said is is a character, you know, and fans could relate to. You know what I mean? So even Johnny like Bonker, Johnny yeah, Bonker, exactly. What a good uh, John was, you know, Martin Allen, Mad Dog. I mean, you know, he was a character, but yeah. no, they were great. Yeah, they were good fight, and and it just and you know, out of all your out of all your transfers, Harry for West Ham. You know, obviously, everyone says Di Canio and stuff, but was that your best? best tra- is that the one you, you was your best transfer? So I know you can't really quantify it, but what would you say was like your best transfer in that period? You know, best well, play you brought in. The boldest one was probably taking Parlo because yeah. I mean, no one wanted to touch him. 
No. And when I decided to take him, I remember reading a Sunday newspaper that said, I'm taking, uh, I'm signing to Canio and I'm walking a tightrope with no safety net under me. And uh, <laughs> for sure, he'll get me sacked. Um, yeah. And it was a massive gamble. Nobody yeah. else saw it except me. You know, the chairman at the time, Terry Brown, Terry didn't want, he wasn't happy about me signing him really, although he backed me out, you know, which was great. But I think, you know, he looked at it and thought, you know, this is, he's pushed a referee over, he's yeah. volatile, do we need this, you know. But I used to watch him play. And whenever I went to play at Sheffield Wednesday with West Ham, you'd be scared every time he got the ball, you know. I used to say it, once they get in that foot in our third of the pitch, somebody in the nearest man latch, latch onto him and don't leave him until we win the ball back, you know. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. once he got it, anything, he could do incredible things, you know. Yeah. He was a genius, really. Amazing football. Yeah, he really was. He was. He was a great player. Now, look, um, what we try and do, Harry, is we try and do an 11. So, what we do is we, with all the players oh. and the fans, we do an 11. Now, I've, I know you've got, a, we've got like 20 odd minutes, but what I want to try and do is do two 11s for you because I don't think it's fair to do an 11 combined of your time at West Ham. I'd like to do an 11 of you, okay. of your, your playing days and your managing days. If we can zoom, I think, because I think they're two different eras. It wouldn't be fair comparing. Bobby Moore with Rio Ferdinand, you know, people do, but you know yeah. what I mean. So, <laughs> yeah, they would do a blinded job, right? Yeah, so, let's go with the playing 11. Who had been golfer the Red Nap playing 11? So, during your time at West Ham, were you playing as a player? Yeah, well, really, I mean, I only had uh, you know, they've been who played there. Bobby Ferguson was a goalkeeper, yeah, you know, um, Jim Standard was there before that, but I never really, you know, Jim was just a little bit before me, you know, mm, yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I'd go with Fergie, Bobby yeah. Ferguson. Yeah, put Bobby Ferguson. We'll, Great we'll, Bobby, you know, good keeper. Yeah. Small, when you look at him now. Yeah, I, I saw pictures of him, yeah. Amazing size, you know. The goalkeepers in them days were five foot ten. Pat Jennings is only five foot eleven. Wow. Pat Jennings is not a big man. People don't realise you. Pat's not as tall as me. You stand next to Pat Jennings, you don't realise, you know, he's... Just an incredible keeper, but everyone thinks he was six foot five or something. He wasn't, you know. Yeah, absolutely great. Yeah, but it's funny now because it's now in the modern day they're all six foot five and skinny, and yeah. you know, it's it, it's it changes sort of the athleticness of it. Right, we'll put we'll I'm put uh, this out because I hadn't thought about this, Russ. I'll be honest, I'm you're hitting me right, right at the top, <laughs> and so it's difficult. Well, you know, thinking of a team. Um, well, we just talk about the talk about the players you play with. Now, don't worry about a team for the for the play. Just talk about the players. You know, you know, obviously the teams yeah. you play with in the in the in the sort of your time playing yeah, at West Ham. It was Bobby Moore. Yeah. Bobby was the best player ever, ever to play for West Ham. You know, Bobby was on another level. He was just incredible, man. Mm. It was uh, there was no there never been anyone like Bobby. He was not only a fantastic player; he was an absolute class act. You know, mm. everybody looked up to him. Everybody loved him. Everybody idolised him. No matter where you went, you'd meet England players, whether it was Norman Archer, we kept that England team. Norman would he absolutely idolise Moro, Alan yeah. Ball, Mickey Shannon. You know, I talk, hey, when you say, hey, what was he like, Moro? How good yeah. was he? How classy was he? Yeah, he was just pure class. Yeah. There was no one could come near Bob. No. He was, we, had we had some great players. You had Jeff and Martin. You had Billy Bonds, was an incredible player. Bill would cover every inch of ground. I think Bill would have got plenty of England caps if he'd have played right back. Mm. I think if he'd have played right back, he'd have played England many, many times. Really? But he started mm. at right back, then he got shifted into midfield. 
and he would cover the ground in midfield and run and chase and work and close down and just incredible athlete yeah. every week, you know. But I think if he would have played right back in today's football, he'd have been absolutely mm. incredible with that ability to run all day and get up and back and strong and athletic. He'd have been incredible right back. Trevor Brookin was an amazing footballer. Mm. You know, Trevor could play no touch. He'd let the ball run. He had this amazing ability to open his body up and he wouldn't touch it. He'd come into him and he'd let it run and take two people out of the game without even touching the ball. Um, you know, great, great player. Yeah. Um, in, in that time, yeah. Budgie Byrne, who I, I had the end of Budgie. Budgie was mm. incredible. What a centre forward, Budgie Byrne. Yeah. You know, one of the all-time great. Budgie was Jimmy Greaves. You know, talk about great players. Greaves, he was a genius, a yeah. pure genius. We had Jimmy at the end. But Jimmy in his heyday was one of the all-time great, the greatest goal scorer I've ever seen. He, he was special, Jimmy. Um, yeah, full of full of good players and, and good lads. And, you know, we had a great time. We all came from the same area. Yeah. We all came probably within 10-mile radius of West Ham football ground. Barking, Dagnum, mm. Poplar, Canning Town, you know, all that's what we were. We were all local boys. And we didn't we didn't have any foreign players. We didn't even have a you know if we signed a, we signed two Scots players, Bobby Ferguson and John Cushley, and they were like foreigners to us. We had never we had never had anyone. Everyone came. We was all local boys, and we all yeah. we all were mates, and we all yeah. got on great, and we'd all go out drinking together. We'd all go to the Black Line after a game in Glasgow. Yeah. We'd all be in the Black Line pub by six o'clock, quarter six on a Saturday night, having a drink. Uh, music would be going. I mean, it was yeah. That's how it was. But we all we all we all loved each other. We all got on well together. It was a great camaraderie between us all. You know, it was yeah. a great club. We had a, and the manager was a genius, right? Yeah. But he was the best football coach I'd ever seen. I've yeah. still never seen anybody come near him. Wow. You know, he was so so forward thinking, mm. you know, things that he did. You know, I watched a goal the other day. Bobby put the ball down from the free kick against Germany. He puts the ball down, he's thinking, Jeff, Jeff, come on, you know. Jeff's pulling and Jeff pulls away from the defender. The defender, where is he? Suddenly, Erstie's come across him from nowhere. Bobby drops it into that space. Erstie's on it. Bang, back of the net. Yeah. You know, that was saying we worked on at West Ham, near post crosses, overlapping, attacking fullbacks, making two against. That was all Ron Greenwood. That yeah, was Ron. It's, it's stand, that's it was so standard now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but he, he changed all them things. Fullbacks used to stay on the halfway line. Mm. And never moved. And when the ball was on the other side of the pitch, they'd cover around 40 yards. Yeah. And so that the winger on that side, and suddenly it changed. Fullbacks were going forward, became more dangerous than wingers. Um, it, yeah, you know, he was such a such a clever footballing brain. Just football, that was his life, football. Yeah, football, yeah, football. yeah. You know, he was, a, he was an amazing football coach. And I mean, that, that, and obviously having that as your stewardship so to speak in terms of going into being a manager yourself you had like a you had like as I said one of the best managers ever as your as your mentor really in terms of taking yeah, yeah. this is a taking obviously that the, he, got us all in, he got us all uh, working in schools okay so in 17 we all used to go into the schools coaching the kids two pound 50 in the afternoon <laughs> uh i went to harold road school at first in uh, green off green street there then i went to forest gate school and then I ended up at Pretoria School in Canning Town with Frank Lampard Senior School. That was his school. Yes. And we shared a job, me and Frank. And John Bond was out of work, lost his job at John had lost his job at, uh, at Gillingham or somewhere, Gillingham. 
And uh, so we end up sharing the job with John. So me, Frank and, and John used to go and coach the kids at Victoria School every afternoon. Uh, so me and Frank, instead of getting £10 a week each, we split it three ways. So we all end up with, I don't know, whatever goes into 20 uh, <laughs> yeah. six pounds whatever. Uh, so we end up with £6 something a week, you know? Yeah. But we did that every afternoon, £2.50 in the afternoon. Can you imagine it? It's incredible, isn't it? It is. I mean, even we loved like... It. We did it because we loved it. We loved it. Of course. It wasn't, didn't have to do it. We loved being with the kids and coaching and being involved in football. Uh, and then the, the other biggest coaching, uh, there's more more coaching went on in Kazataris Caf, in, um, you know, around the corner from the bowling uh, <laughs> than anywhere. I mean, in, them, in the early days, you know, Malcolm Allison, Noel Campbell, John Bond, Dave Sexton, Jimmy Andrews, Franco Farrell, Kenny Brown. I mean, they went on, all become managers of the yeah. highest level, all work sitting in there. Malcolm was the governor, moving pepper pots about, talking tactics to the, you know, what if they did this? How would we cope with that? And it was incredible, you know. That's what that's what they did in the afternoon, sit there till five o'clock at night, oh drink twenty cups of tea, you know. <laughs> Kazzy would come in, well, no, nah, another cup of tea, you know, bring another pot of tea, get another pot of tea, Kazzy, you know. Yeah, and it was yeah, amazing times. Oh, it's, it's as you said, as you said, and there was sort of, you're right. They all became these top managers and top coaches and it all stemmed from you know obviously the love of the game with, with, with what Ron had and it seemed to impart it into everyone else and as you said you know I mean you're I mean as a being in charge of West Ham you know the is maintaining that sort of youth team ethos because you had this incredible conveyor belt of of talent from yeah. Tony from the academy I mean you know was it a third of that 2010 England World Cup squad came through the academy um, including, including Terry and people like that as well. I mean, you had this... Yeah, yeah. It must have been... I mean, for a manager, obviously, it must be so much... You know, it must be so much but you so remember, useful. We did, we did go probably 11 years without really producing a player. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it was a, a real spell where one, only one or two players had a few mm. games. But, you know, it was since since Stevie Potts, Tony Cotty, yeah. Paul Lintz. Since that group, you know, there was a big void, you know, of nothing. Yeah. And then suddenly six kids come along that all went on to become England internationals. So yeah. it's amazing how it turned out, you know. He did. But they, were, they were great times. Great times. Tony Carr did a great job. Peter yeah. Braybrook was fantastic. Peter worked with him. Lulu, <laughs> she wants she wants to have dinner, I think. Lulu. Um, so yeah, Peter Braybrook, I brought Peter back. Peter was a great one of my favourite people yeah. of all time. I love Peter. Yeah. Peter worked with Tony for the kids. Jimmy Jimmy Friff was there. He's still there. Jimmy Friff at the club. Yeah. All part of the furniture. Great man, Jimmy. Lovely guy. So, yeah, all lovely, lovely people. It was a lovely feel about the club. Yeah. Know? And he just said, it, the result, the football was good. And, and you know, as I said, you know, obviously, you know, when Di Canio came in, I mean, you know, obviously we asked fans their 11s and unsurprisingly, Pretty much, De Canio's in most of the team. What was it like yeah, yeah. to manage? What was it like to manage the man? It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. He was. A, he was a, every day was a tester. Yeah. I mean, oh, he was a great, great athlete. Looked dark, didn't drink. Now you mixed him in with a few of the lads who were yeah. who were certainly Razor Ruddock and one or two of them. Mm. And it wasn't easy. Yeah. Lulu, shut up! <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Come on! Hey, look what I got. Hey. Come here, Lulu. <laughs> Lulu. 
Barney's a kip under the table. We don't uh, care. I'm start. I'm starting a new section called footballers and their and their dogs because I've had, yeah. had I've had Mac, I've had Mac Doberman like walk into shot. I've had Paul Brushes. He must have a, like a cocker spaniel. Um, Leroy Rossini's dog yesterday. It's brilliant. It's so I love it. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, no, I mean it was it was. And even, you know, going back to the playing days, I mean, yeah. we used to, um, in the summer when we were off, we used to meet up at, at two days a week, Tuesday or Thursday night, whatever, in the summer when we had a long break. Mm. And we'd put the coat, we'd go over at the anal to the, uh, by the golf course, it was a nice big flat piece of ground. We'd yeah. put the coats down and we'd go over, it'd be about 14 of us, I suppose, and about six or eight of, eight of our mates, and we'd have a game. We'd have a nine, ten aside game, play for, play for like two hours nearly. Then we'd all go around the retreat pub in uh, Chigwell for drink yeah. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, yeah. If, not, we, if not, we'd get the, we'd get the training ground opened up and we'd go in there and play. I mean, it's crazy. You know, that was how it was. But why, why do you think it is now? Because I don't think, you know, there's anyone in the modern game, there doesn't seem to be that sense of togetherness anymore. From a, from a fan's perspective, you know, it seems like... Well, they're not, well they're, we all came from, like... The same area. The, the heritage of West Ham, mm. you know, it was the, 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 the history of West Ham. We, we all was part, we all knew the club. We knew, yeah. knew about, you know, all the great players that had been there and Ernie Gregory and all these people. You know, we knew them and we'd heard of them and... So it was partly, and yeah, it was very, very different. We were all local boys. I mean, they come now, you know, like, yeah. you know, the, the foreign players. Do you know, I'd be lying if I said I even knew the names of all the players at West Ham anymore. I don't, I'd be a if I said I'd be. If you asked me to name their team, I couldn't name it. You know, I, I couldn't. I don't, that's not being rude. I couldn't. Yeah. You know, it's a different game now. Very, very different. Mm. These was all, we was all, you know, it was all local boys and it was very yeah. different. It was it was great. I wouldn't have swapped that time for this time, no. that's for sure, as a player, you know. No. The money made you come in. All, all come for the youth team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You go through the team. Through the team. You yeah. know, Jackie Burkett, you, you know, Kenny Brown, John Bond, you know, all that. Bobby, Ronnie Boyce, Eddie Bovington, Tony Scott, you know, Brian Deere, they all come out of the youth team. They're, yeah. all, they're all youth team players. Johnny Citizens, you know. Everybody just came out the youth team. We didn't yeah. buy any players. We just produced players. Yeah. You came out the youth team and three or four out of that team would end up in the first team. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy nowadays, isn't it? You said, because everyone's so, you know, it's so the way to go with football, isn't it? Just nurture the youth because it's so much cheaper nowadays. You know, you think how much money in the game and you've got a whole... About, you know, some, yeah, we give the kids a chance, you know. Yeah. That is the it's been proved this year at Chelsea, you know. Yes, yes. They had a transfer embargo, so they give the kids, a, they put the kids in, mm. you know, not be, you know, and they, they prove what they can do. Yeah. Give them a chance. Yeah. All them kids that we had all played, they all got in the team very young. Uh, you know, Rio, Frank, Joe, they was all in, Carrick, Michael, they all, Jermaine, you know, playing. they all came into the team at young age and played. Yeah. So yeah. They, they knew, you know, you knew they could give them the chance, let them go and do it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And actually, probably that's the case now because with so many games now, the Premier League's back up, you know, in quick succession. Yeah. You know, the you'll see it in, I think, Man City yesterday, didn't they? They had um, Xavi Garcia, who's like 18, playing centre-back. Um, yeah. And, and, that, and, you'll, and I think that will be the case. You'll have a lot more kids playing because the games are coming so quickly. Um, well, you hope so. You hope yeah. that, you know, we see 
young players get the, but the teams at the bottom can't afford to do that. No. It's all right for Man City probably, but West Ham can't afford to do it. They're in a relegation battle along with six other teams. So they're going to be putting their best teams out, that's for sure. You know, yeah. what, what they think are their strongest teams. You know, I don't, I'll be surprised if they're throwing too many, uh, you know, Declan Rice has come out the youth team. Yeah. And look how good he is, look how well he's done. He's fantastic. Yeah. He is. I mean, he's a he's a great player. Yeah. He says even people like Mark, Mark and people like Mark Noble and people like that. Mark you know, Noble, yeah. Mark Noble, Mark Noble is, you know, he, uh, I, if I if I never would if I owned West Ham, he'd be my manager one day. Mark yeah. Noble, I'd make him manager. He's, he's he knows the club. He's West Ham through and through. He knows yeah. the fans. He knows what they want out of. He understands the club. He's, he'd be a perfect choice to be manager of West Ham one day. Yeah, down you know down the line, start out working with the youth team, whatever reserves, and then gradually find his way in there. That would yeah, be great. yeah, yeah. I was talking to Kevin Keane the other day, and, and that's he's already trying to trying to push him in into, into doing the kids and stuff because he's a very really good coach, Mark is. And uh, mm. but it is it, you've got it's, you know, you know it seems now with with Moisey and, and the team he's brought together, he's got Kevin Keane, he's got Potsy, he's got Paul Koncheski, Colton Cole. He does seem to be bringing together more of a old school approach you know what i mean to the to the youth yeah, setup yeah. and i think it's um it will hopefully pay pay dividends as you said but uh yeah. no yeah i, I, I totally get it yeah paul koncheski's doing a bit there zavon hines zavon hines is there yeah, yeah, yeah. um and obviously you've got uh obviously kevin Keane, potsy's doing Good. the 23s um yeah. and you know there's loads of people still hanging about you know obviously jack Jack did a bit, Jack Collison, and he's gone over to do Atlanta. Um, and so, yeah, it seems there's like another wave. And I think it's the way that Good. the West Ham boys are see, definitely seem yeah, to be yeah. um, helping that. Good. People that understand the football club and the history of the club. And, yeah. yeah. It's important. It is, it is important because I just think you're, you're right, Harry, in what you said. You know, that, that it's it, you have to have that thread running through. And you had it when you in yeah. your playing days. And then you had yeah. it when your management days as well. And I think it, it proves it, it proves it works. It proves oh, it works. So, definitely. Harry, look, I know you've got a few minutes until you until you got yeah. another call. Busy man. Harry, look, it's been a pleasure, man. You know, it's been lovely chatting to you. Absolutely lovely chatting thank to you. you. Uh, and obviously... Nice. Thank you. And obviously, thank you to everyone who has been watching. Obviously, like, share. And yeah. um, obviously, until me and Harry, uh, for me and Harry, take care, everyone. Stay safe and good luck to you. Yeah, good luck. Stay up, stay up, stay up this year. Oh, we will. we will. We will. I'm very confident. I want them and Bournemouth staying up there because <laughs> I, I go and watch Bournemouth every week. So I live here. So yeah. it's my luck to 10 minutes to get to the ground every week. I, I enjoy going and take my grandkids there. But yeah. my grandson, Harry, is West Ham Barmy. So he's got West Ham all over his bedroom. So, yeah, we, we the Amazon and Ball will stay. That would be great. Yeah, I think we will. I think there are okay. going to be some more teams. Oh, anyway, yeah. I think there's more teams. Anyway, H, thank you That's very good much. That's good, man. Nice talking to you. Have a good great boy. time. Thank you. Take care and good, good luck, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. See you later, mate. Bye-bye. Yeah, Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.